Ever since we started using Relevance Online Marketing, I could see a drastic improvement in our SEO. I mean, we are ranking so much higher when searching for dentists in our hometown. We are seeing more new patients and certainly someone you should give a, give a look at if you're considering new marketing companies. Just absolutely awesome. I would recommend Relevance to any practice owner who wants to see what proper marketing can do for their office. I want to thank Dr. Paul Etchinson for introducing me to Relevance Marketing. They've done a great job, very thorough. I'm happy with the results. Thank you guys for all of your help. We never truly realized how powerful this could be. It's really changed our business for the best. I think they're definitely worth every penny. Easy to communicate with, easily accessible, does what I ask, and even shows me some reports when things are going a little bit off track and what they're doing about it. You know, it's just a level of service I just haven't really received from other marketing agencies. Since we've been using Relevance, we've seen a tremendous growth in our business. I would recommend their services to just about anybody. Search engine optimization uh, and getting your ranking on Google to be the highest it can possibly be. The efforts uh, by Relevance and their team and the efforts and the things that they've done with the, uh, the SEO as well as the social media. Highly recommend it. So what are you waiting for? This is Dr. Paul Etchison telling you to get a free consultation with Relevance. As a listener of the podcast, you get the first month free and there is zero obligation to continue if you aren't blown away. Make this the year you grow your practice to the next level. Go to RelevanceOnlineMarketing.com to set up a free consultation. That's RelevanceOnlineMarketing.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Dental Practice Heroes podcast. I am your host, Dr. Paul Etchison. We're here on Monday, September 18th, 2023. How is your September going? We are currently on track for less than we did last year, which is really not cool, but it's really still early in the month. I'm really hoping that we can pull it through. I know we will. And what's been kind of weird is that our hygiene schedule has so many holes from the Delta people that who are leaving. And it's really hard to tell if our numbers on the books for the month are low because of that or if we're just really having a bad month. I hope it's neither. I hope we're not having a bad month, and I hope it's not because of that. So time will tell. I'm sure we'll pull out. It'll be good. Hey, if you want to work with me at my office, I really need a new associate. I'm looking for somebody. So if you're at least one year out of school and looking to work along myself and my amazing team, please send me an email at dentalpracticeheroes at gmail.com. I promise not only will you make great money working on our very few limited high-paying fee schedules, you will see 35 to 40 new patients each month. And you're going to learn how an efficient office runs. You will love our vibe and you will have all the mentorship you desire from me. So if you are one year out of school, dentalpracticeheroes at gmail.com. If you're not one year out of school, send me an email anyway. I'd still love to meet you. And maybe, maybe if you're just that special, it'll work out. <laughs> I want to share something that I got recently that was really freaking cool. And I don't get anything from this. This is not a paid sponsorship by any means. I'm just sharing it because I like thought, this is like something I thought that dentistry really needed like, I don't know, a decade ago. Have you guys heard of Hero Loops? They're so different from all the other loop manufacturers. And let me tell you why. And it's Hero Loops. It has nothing to do with Dental Practice Heroes. People are like, okay, this is his company. This is not my company. I just purchased these things and they're freaking awesome. 
But what's cool about them is they have like mirrors in them, like at a 45 degree. You know how like when they're selling you the loops, they're like, hey, like, look at your posture. And I remember buying like some designs for visioned ones that are like, they were probably the steepest ones they sold. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to learn how to use these. My posture is going to be so good. And I'm still all hunchback with those things. So I just got these hero loops where you're literally like standing straight up because of the mirrors, the reflectors that are in the actual telescopes. And it's just like, they're just really nicely made. It's almost like there's like, they thought of everything. I'm trying to think of a few things I like. They look great. The scopes are like higher on your eyeballs because you're looking straight ahead instead of looking down. And since it's like that, like you can like see your patient through the bottom of the loops. Like half the time when I'm talking to my patients with my other loops, I'm like putting my head all the way down. I'm looking over the tops of them. So it's really cool like that. But the battery's really cool. (laughs) All the way down, just like the packaging when they came like all the confetti and the shiny gold stuff, man. It's just like the case. It's just like somebody like put a lot of thought into these things. And it's just nice when you buy something and you're just like, dude, it's so cool. I, I tell you, my hygienist saw me using them and she's like, what are you doing? And she said, it looked like I was blind. Like I was just looking at the wall, but she didn't realize the loops that I had look like I'm standing straight up. It's like, you don't even look like you're looking at the patient because you're literally standing straight up. So it's a completely different way to practice. And man, If I had these things 10 years ago, I'd like to think I could not slouch as much as I do now. But you know what? I didn't have them 10 years ago, but I have them now. So anyway, like check those out. I think it's like it's Hero Loops. I don't know what their website is, but look for Hero Loops. They're really cool. I really like them. I want to talk about metrics today. There's a lot of consultants that preach running your practice by metrics, like almost entirely in their services where you can get a bunch of metrics, almost enough to make you go crazy And I want to share how I personally feel about metrics because this is just how I like it. And some people, some dentists, they're more analytical and they're like, dude, I love digging in the metrics. Cool. That's fun. I think they're overrated. I really do. Now, there is an asterisk there. I think most of them are overrated. And I want to go through the 10 metrics that I think you need to know. And this is all I really pay attention to to run my $6 million practice. So I cover all this in depth in my new book, Dental Practice Heroes 2, available on Amazon. I don't like to get granular with the numbers because I just think it's overwhelming. Now, those softwares like Dental Intel, Practice by Numbers, they're really cool. And I like flipping around them and I like having stats and I like looking at that stuff. It's fun. But do I change the way I run my practice because of all those really detailed things? No, I don't. And if you do, that's cool. So number one, the first one, dollar per hour. How do you figure out dollar per hour? It's really easy. You look at how many hours somebody worked and you look at their production and you divide their adjusted production by the hours that they worked and that'll give you dollar per hour. Now, I really like this number because it tells you who is producing. So you as a doctor, I mean, bare, bare minimum, $600 per hour. That's what you should be doing as a doctor Man, I was doing $1,200, $1,300 an hour. I got a new coaching client. He is killing it like $1,500 an hour. I have associates doing $700 an hour, $800, $900 an hour. I had one associate doing over 1000 for a little bit. So it's like you can see it's a measure of not only your case acceptance, but it's more of a measure of are you willing to do same-day dentistry and can you efficiently do these procedures? Now for hygiene, what should we be doing as far as hygiene? We always want to say three times their pay. Everyone says that it's getting harder to do on PPO schedules with the labor increases that we've seen in the past year. And these are net numbers. These are not adjusted production. I want to see them at about $225 an hour gross. And I want to see as far as adjusted production, I want a hygienist that's going to do around like maybe 130, 140. I'm happy with that. But I like dollar per hour because it lets you 
Look at your schedule. Look at how many hours your office is open. You can get a dollar per hour average for your office, how many, how much money your office makes every hour it's open. And you can literally look at the whole year saying, I'm going to produce this much per hour. My hygienists are going to produce this much per hour. How many hours are they going to work in a year? What number do we need to get to? And how many weeks can I take off? And then you can kind of start working the math backwards, like saying, Hey, you know what? If I could increase my dollar per hour by 150 bucks, could I take off an extra two weeks next year? Three weeks? What would it take to take off 12 weeks a year, one week a month? So you can do all these calculations if you're looking at dollar per hour. And it will also allow you to compare and contrast your different associates or your different hygienist to see who maybe needs some help and training and verbiage and offering certain products such as fluoride sealants, laser treatments, things like that. So you can figure all that stuff out. So that's dollar per hour. It's not hard to calculate. And I think most of the softwares now just do it right out of your system, which is really cool. All right. My second metric is reappoint rate. And I think this one is huge and it's overlooked. And I've been at a place in my practice where I've overlooked it as well. This is just saying how many people leave your practice with another appointment. And I used to be of the mind saying, you know what? Not everyone wants to schedule another appointment. So let's be cool and let's really not worry about it. Let's just, hey, you want to schedule it? Or if you want to call us when you're ready. And that really doesn't work because you will start to lose patience. They will fall off your schedule. They won't come in in a while. And what happens is some people, they kind of get embarrassed about that. And then they never come back or they just get lost. They get lost in the recall cycle. So you need to make sure everybody's leaving with an appointment. And the metric that you want to see is 85%. You want to be 85% or better. Now, what's really cool about reappoint rate is that when you're doing 85% or better, and if you have a full schedule, say you're hygienist, you got one hygienist, they've got a full schedule today, and they reappoint 85% of the people they see today, how full is their schedule going to be in six months, right? It's going to be pretty dang full because they only didn't reappoint 15% of it. Now, can you fill that extra 15% with maybe one single new patient? Yeah, you easily can. You could probably fit two new patients in there if your office is running really well. And you're going to have some SRPs that are going to take up some time there as well. So what I'm saying is that if you reappoint at a high rate, if you're at 85%, within six months, you should have an excess or you should have a little overflow that needs to push over to another hygienist or needs to push over to a, a six months in a day. And this is how you can look at your schedule and say, hey, Am I ready for more hygiene? Am I ready for another provider such as an associate? Because you know that you're keeping everybody, almost everybody that comes in your office in your hygiene system, you keep them on the schedule. Now, you're also doing this too, is that you're also, when, when the doctor's seeing people, because I always see this when I coach offices, you'll see the hygiene. They're like, oh, we're doing great, 85, 90%. And then you look at the doctor's reappoint rate. And it's like 35% or 40 because the doctor is like, well, I don't need to do this. I'm just going to schedule my next visit. This is the doctor's responsibility too, to look at what is the next appointment scheduled. If there's not one scheduled, you got to look that patient in the eye and say, hey, and I want to see you in two months for this. You're due for this. Or I want to see you next to do this. Let's schedule it. So you just need to prompt the people to say that they want to schedule it and get them to do it. And does that seem pushy? I don't know. I don't think it's pushy, but I can tell you from experience that it makes a big difference in your numbers and how fast you can grow and get to capacity. Because I believe at my heart to grow a practice and scale it, you've got to get to these capacity points 
where your practice is full and you can't see any more people. That's when you add more providers. That's when you add more hours. Or if you want to start dropping fee schedules like Delta, like I did. So there's so much you can do, but if you're not paying attention to reappoint rate, and you're not tracking it, and your team knows that you're not paying attention to it, you're going to lose a lot of opportunities, and you're going to attrition a lot of patients that you didn't need to lose in your practice because you didn't reappoint them. I wanted to get through like all 10 of these, but I'm kind of running out of time. I think we're going to have to break this up into a few episodes. So I'm going to get one more in here. All right, collection percentage. This is so simple, and man, this is the easiest one to fix. You need to collect 98 to 100% of your adjusted production. So if you produce $10,000 adjusted, you better collect, this should be easy math, and I'm totally brain farting on it, and I can't even think about this, but you should collect close to 10000 How about that? Let's go with that. So if you're not doing that, you got to look at your systems on the collection end. What are you doing? Are you billing patients? That's a horrible way to do it. Are you requiring that they prepay for appointments? I think that's a pretty good way to do it. But you know what the best way to do it is? One, make sure your insurance verification is good so that your estimates are right, so that the co-pays that you estimate and you ask to collect are right so that you don't have to go collect money later. And two, never spin a burr unless it's paid for. All right? You don't have to pre-collect to make the appointment if you don't want to. That's how we do it at our office, but you don't have to do that. But never, 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 never do not go and do some procedures and then walk the patient to the front desk to collect. That is a great way to have a horrible collection percentage. And that is a great way to give your team extra work, printing out statements, doing collection calls, and losing patients because they owe you money. So do not spin a burr until it's paid for. Now I know you're thinking, well, how do we spin the burr when we don't know what we're going to be doing? Here's how you do it, okay? For extractions, you treatment plan surgical extractions. You collect for the surgical extraction. If you don't do a surgical extraction, you want to switch it back to a simple, then guess what? When you're done with it, the patient's like, oh my God, I feel so good. It's over. I was so worried about that. I feel so good. And you're like, hey, you know what, Mr. Patient? Dude, that was a lot easier than I thought. So actually, this is going to be coded differently. So you're actually going to get a refund. We're going to give you a little bit of money back because we, we kind of overestimated how hard this was going to be. Something along the lines of that. They're like, awesome. Or you know what? They pay for the buildup and the crown. You don't do the buildup hey, you know what? We didn't need to do that buildup. So you're actually going to get a refund when you check out. Awesome. So easy to do. Your assistant can do it. You don't have to walk them up to the front desk. What about if you find an additional filling? Like you're doing an MO somewhere and there's the DO on the tooth in front of it, the tooth more mesial to it. Well, in that case, you didn't collect on it. I think that time you just do a solid and you say, hey, you know what? You got a cavity on this front one too. I can take care of it. You're already numb. It'll just take me five minutes. I'm not even going to charge you for it. Is that cool? And they'll be like, hell yeah. You're like, and then you could Say, oh, yeah, it's buy one, get one free today, (laughs) or something stupid, some corny joke that your team is going to hear a million times and roll their eyes every time you say it. But that's how I think you do it. Now, are there going to be times where something's going to come up and it's going to be a big change in treatment plan? Maybe, and you might need to stop and discuss it. But for the most part, I think you should treatment plan in a way that you're always giving a refund back to the patient if you're changing it, or you're just going to do some free work. And I think that's just a great way to run your practice. So collection percentage. It's so simple to fix. And if you're not doing it, why would you not want to get paid on money that you've already earned? I mean, I remember having one coaching client had a collection percentage of like 71% could not figure out why he was not profitable. Well, let me tell you, because all your profit, you didn't collect it. That's why. And guess what? It was so easy. Just don't spin that burr unless it's paid for, because that's typically going to be 
about, what, two-thirds of your office production is going to come from doctor procedures? And that's the stuff that you're going to leave open balances on if you don't collect on it. So just make that a policy. It's not hard to do. And I tell you, sometimes patients say, oh, you know what? I didn't know I was going to have to pay or I don't have it. Can I pay later? No. No, you cannot. And it's so amazing how many patients might say that. And all of a sudden, they come up with a way to pay for it. Can you believe it? Yeah, it happens. All right. So those were the three. We're going to do some more on my next podcast. But you know what? Check these out in Dental Practice Hero 2. I got to stop or my editor is going to kill me for making this episode long. I hope you guys have a great week. I hope your September is kicking ass way more than mine is. And I'll update you and see how we're doing in two weeks from now. All right. Take care, everybody. 